Sun City's cold and empty. No one's around to judge me. I can't see clearly when you're gone. Oh, oh, and I say, ooh, I'm blinded by blue eyes. No, I can't see you and I need to touch, touch, touch. Anyway, I've been listening to Blinding Lights a lot. Welcome back to the I'm There podcast, guys. This I just, is. I just want to say once again, there is now not just me here to judge you. There's now other people here to like, there's people here to judge you. Hundreds of people. We've been getting hundreds of views. Every there's episode. Not, no one here to judge you. You're being judged, Frazier. I am being judged, but you know what? I don't mind being judged. Singing is one of my favorite things. If anyone knows me, uh, I am a little jukebox. I just start singing shit randomly. I have a lot of songs in my head and I'll just whip them out. Yo, same. I don't even know uh, and, the words. and I know I'm not a good singer. Me either. At all. <laughs> Me either. I suck at it. I, I'm the words. I make up shit. I think I just made up some words in that uh, weekend song, but Blinding Lights, I, I played it on repeat today with the volume on 100, and I was fucking jamming. Okay. That song is amazing. That whole album is amazing. That whole album in your eye. Like, it's, I'm, anyway, that whole album is amazing. In I your was eyes listening. It's so good too. Oh my God. It's, it's insane. I was, uh, speaking of singing, I went through, we were trying to find a clip of me smacking my camera for, from my stream mm-hmm. the other day. Ant was streaming. I was on the stream. We were talking about when I was fighting the Kingdom Hearts bosses and I got mad and smacked my camera. And I couldn't find the clip. But while looking for clips, I would just click on random clips because they would have a weird name. And it would just be me singing. And I'm like, I would have never guessed this is a clip of me singing. And it's me. But it's not me singing a real song. It's me making songs up. Okay. I know you do do that. <laughs> You're fucking weird. But yes, you do <laughs> make up it's songs. Just, it's just me making up songs, singing the weirdest shit. Like one of the clips was called "Inside the Mind of a Serial Killer," and I was like, "What is this clip about?" And it's just, <laughs> and it's, just, and it's just me singing some random shit. And I don't. Know. I'm gonna be honest with you right now, Kenny, because of how you look now with the long hair, the glasses, you're white. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of, you know, the inside of mind of a serial killer may be a little too close to home. It's just it gonna. And then when I heard the lyrics, I, I had a really weird voice on, and I said <laughs> something about, I said something about like mashing you up like mashed potatoes, oh and it's something about the mind of Al Qaeda. Like I just, I uh, rhymed oh. potato with Al Qaeda. <laughs> what is it, the Eminem song now? Are you fucking Eminem's ghostwriter? Is that what's happening? And dog, I don't remember doing that at all. I laughed so fucking hard. You at myself. are ridiculous. You're a ridiculous human being. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, we both like singing. We're both not good at it. No, I'd argue that genetically you're better because I think in general it's black people more common for a black person to be able to sing than a white person. I, I don't know if I made prob- that up. That's probably true. I, I can but see I just that. Feel like in general, did you? Okay, so uh, last week I think it was last week or the week before, but I just had a um, a random memory recall where I remembered in college. Rock Band came out like my freshman year, my freshman or sophomore year of college, Rock Band came out. And I, I love to play Guitar Hero. I was really big into that. I wasn't like very, very good at it, but I like to play a lot, especially in like lower difficulties and everything. I never got like all extreme mode and all that. But anyway, uh, when I would play and my college was predominantly white and everyone who played were like, hey, Frazier, you know the deal, you're on bass. And at that time, I would be like, what the fuck? Like, why, like, legitimately, like, why am I always supposed to be on bass? Because I didn't know the inside joke that, like, black people can just play bass. Why was I actually good at it, though? Like, like seriously, I used to think that I was good on guitar, and that's what I played, because just Guitar Hero, that's all you could play. But then, when I switched to Rock Band, and I started playing bass, I was so much better at bass than guitar, and obviously my singing sucks. I was always off pitch. But with bass, I was fucking godly. So, my man. 
I actually found my place in the world. And, That's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then I know like people comment it because like there's a South Park episode, of course, where Token gets told, you know, you're on base. Like you know why you're on base. You're on base. <laughs> there's a fucking there's a base in your basement randomly, and it was there, and he could randomly play it. And life, you know, what they say, art imitates life or something like that. That's definitely true. The South Park definitely you know? got that. I think all stereotypes really like right. Like stereotypes are there's some truth to them. They come from some level of truth. You're allowed to say that. I'm not. You can't say that. I can't say that. You, but you can't say that stereotypes have some level of truth to them. If I say that, you're going to have a new okay All Hispanic right. partner. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. Well, I want to get you in any trouble. But anyway, guys, uh, welcome back to the I'm There podcast. I think this is episode like 45 or so, and I'm in a really, really good mood. I am going to L.A. tomorrow for the YCS uh, that is now canceled. Actually, I need to just stop saying you're going for the YCS. You know, what's funny is that I was never going for the YCS, even if the YCS was actually this weekend. I was I was never going for that. I was always going for a vacation to shop, to eat, to change the weather because it's cold as hell here in Philadelphia where we live at. It's like literally I remember texting my friend two days ago saying LOL was 24 degrees outside. With no like mm-hmm. no context, just just that. LOL is 24 degrees outside. And then I started saying shit like I'm older than the weather. So I don't right. like I don't like when I'm older than the weather. I like to, you know, be comfortably below it. And I am not comfortably below it. Black people do not like the cold. So I'm going to Cali where it's like 66 to 70 every single day. And you know, maybe I won't come back. Maybe I'll just stay there and we could we could do the podcast from there. It doesn't matter where I'm at technically with Discord, but we mm-hmm. can do the podcast there. And I can work from home there because I already work, I already work from home. So it'd be great. California love. California love. So how have you been, Kenny? What have you been up to? I've been tired, dog. I've been, t- I've been tired as shit. I'm fucking tired. I'm tired, boss. I've been fucking tired. I, uh, catching up and watching a bunch of stuff for the podcast and future episodes of the podcast. And mm-hmm. other than that, just doing family shit. But yeah, I, uh. I finished our taxi for whenever we do that episode. That could be our next I, one. I caught up on what we're going to talk about today. Um, yes. So today we're going to be talking about the new Demon Slayer episode and the first episode of Attack on Titan final season yeah. part two. So those are like oh. the main topics because anime was crazy this weekend. I, uh, I at some point, not recently, but you know, Somewhat recently, because I hadn't done it by the end of the year. But I, uh, I finished. What's that show called? The Boys. Oh, you finished The Boys. Yeah, I finished The Boys. Like I said, I have one. I have one movie left for Hunger Games. Nice. Uh, and then, I, and then I'm gonna get Jaden to watch The Matrix. Um, so we could do the new Matrix. Yeah, you're on. Right. I, I feel like there's something else I wanted to do for the pod. Oh, you know, randomly. Um, I don't know if we would do it. But I think maybe it would fit. I don't know if you ever did you ever see that show Dexter on Showtime? I did about the serial killer. I saw the first two or three seasons. I believe I watched them at your house as well in like twenty. Oh yeah, you did. I do remember that. Yeah, I remember so random. Actually, okay, there was an episode of Dexter. Man, this is a random podcast episode. There was an episode of Dexter. I remember first was watching it at my house. This just popped back on my head, and we're sitting there watching it together. And as we're watching it, there's a guy on screen just like doing something, and Fraser goes, "That guy's gay." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? He was like, I'm telling you, that guy's gay. And then I don't know. Within 30 minutes of the show, the guy tried to suck Dexter's dick or something. See? You know, I, I was just like, knew. what the fuck? 
Sometimes but, uh, my gator will be on point. But that happened. But anyway, the new Dexter, you know, had like a, a new season that came back after 10 years. A season just came out on Showtime, just finished, and it's apparently Showtime's most watched show of all time now. And oh I thought that God. was interesting. I'm tired of that headline. You know, you know, it's crazy. That headline it's keeps crazy. happening. It just happened with it Netflix keep again. Happening. Yeah, that ne- Netflix now, uh, Don't Look Up, whatever that new movie or something with Leonardo DiCaprio and some I, other people. You're telling me about it. There's some new Netflix it. movie that's all the rave right now. A lot of people said it's awful. Then some people say it's brilliant. I don't know who to believe. I haven't watched it for myself yet. Maybe I'll watch it on my plane. But anyway, there's a lot of talks about this show. And Netflix or whoever put out a thing saying that it's Netflix's most watched movie of all time or the fastest watched thing and all. I, I'm you know what to it think is? that these are just fake. No, no, no. I don't think it's fake. I think it's inflation. I think that just like the, the dollars being inflated, I think because of the pandemic, when everybody was at home and did nothing but watch Netflix, there's more Netflix watch. There's more people watch TV. Whereas before there was people that'd be like, I don't watch TV. I go to work. Sure, that's, that definitely is a factor. I, I don't know. More. I also feel like there's just a bit of marketing going on with the whole, this is the biggest show out right now. It makes you feel like you're missing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the FOMO thing. I think FOMO was fantastic marketing. It works on my ass a lot. Mm. I mean, honestly, I, I've said it here, but that is how I watched Squid Game because of FOMO. I didn't really yeah, yeah. care for when I looked at the, you know, just the, the thumbnail of it. I didn't care for it. But then when you start seeing memes, it's like, okay, I can't be left out of the memes. Like, I need to be involved <laughs> with the memes. I refuse. So as That's soon as the fun. show gets memes, I'm in. So if they start doing memes for this Don't Look Up show, I'm going to have to watch a show or a movie, a movie, whatever it is. It's on Netflix. If it's a movie. I'll watch Honestly, it. honestly, with Netflix, everything's a movie because we all, we, we, we always binge that shit anyway. True. Everything's a That's movie. That's so Kenny. true. You know what's funny? This is random, but why is it easier to watch? It's easier to watch 10 hours of one episode of one hour episodes than it is to watch like a two hour movie. You see a movie and you're like, I don't want to sit through a movie. Yeah. But then you put on a fucking show and you watch 10 episodes of it. And you're like, oh. I recently started this show on Netflix called Emily in Paris because it kept being mentioned in another podcast I listened to by the most unsuspecting podcaster I would ever expect to be watching something like this. So I was really curious about it. And it sounds like a Devil Wears Prada spinoff, which is one of my favorite movies, fashion movie. Meryl Streep's in it. She's phenomenal. But Emily in Paris... I didn't expect the podcast that I listened to. His name is Maul, and he's doing the Joe Button podcast, but they split. Anyway, he talks about it all the time. And after a while, I think just hearing something over and over again, it starts to make, you know, interested, right? That's, yeah, that's just yeah. how it works. So no I started it. Exactly. Anyway, I started it. And honestly, it's a rant. Uh, I don't think the show is very good. If I'm being completely honest, it's just like random American girl goes to Paris. She doesn't speak any French really. And she's working for a fashion magazine. She ends up screwing a bunch of French guys and they started calling it uh, Paris and Emily. <laughs> and I just, mm. I just, I, mm. I just kind of put it on as background noise. Now uh, I finished yeah, yeah, one, I but it's, it's one of those shows where you just kind of put it on, but you don't have to fully pay attention to it because you just, you kind of know what's you, happening. Don't you, not saying this was that guy's opinion, but don't you find it interesting and or weird when something is someone's favorite show and then you watch it and you're like, this isn't good. Like, that happens to me often. You're like, how is this your favorite show? Like, this is just not good. Yeah, when people hype things up and then I go and watch them and I don't feel the same way, it's it's kind of scary to me when it happens. Because I start to wonder if something's wrong with me or something wrong with them. Because one of us has to just be off. 
somewhere. One of us is wrong. Especially if it's your favorite. It's one thing to be like, oh, I thought this was good, and it's just not good. For people people who say shit like Venom or The Matrix, the new one, was good. Like, those people are, are psychopaths. And that's that's fine. <laughs> but, like, if you say something is your favorite, if you said that Matrix movie is my favorite movie, I would be afraid of you. <laughs> I, would be, I would be fucking afraid, okay? <laughs> I would not sleep around you. I would not leave food around you. I would not drink not after all. you. Uh, no, no hugs. No. I wouldn't even dab uh-huh. you up. I would be literally afraid. So that's how I feel about people saying something is my favorite. And it's like, like for they, they say some shit like Naruto Sheepin is my favorite. I'm scared of people like that. Because like <laughs> the bar is so low. If that is your favorite anime, like if Naruto Sheepin is your favorite anime, or I should say Naruto in general, honestly. It depends on who I'm talking to. If you're some, if you're like, a nerd like Gary, myself, you, or Gary. Yes. And I know you've seen a million things, and your favorite's Naruto. I question you. But if you're just like some guy from the hood, I get it. Because for whatever yes. reason, everybody in the hood has seen Naruto. That's I don't true. Know why Naruto is the new Dragon Ball Z. It. it really is. It's the new Dragon Ball Z. Everyone from the hood has seen it. And Naruto's not bad per se, but to say it is your favorite, I would assume that you were born in the 90s and like the late, late, late 90s, or actually probably the 2000s. If Naruto is your favorite anime, period, you were probably born in the late 2000s. And that's probably one of the only anime that you actually watch. That's typically what it is too. People who watch a lot of anime, I don't really think that anyone, I've never seen Naruto as number one. I don't think I've ever seen Naruto as number one for people who watch a lot of anime, but for people who may dabble here and there, sure. And that's acceptable, because you only watch a few things. You watch your Dragon Ball, you watch your Naruto, you might dabble in Bleach or One Piece, you know, the big one, Fairy Tale, all of that shit. Word. Word. But yeah. With all of that said... Yeah, with all of that said... Let's transition to something else that is some people's favorite, that I think is good, but I don't understand how it's anyone's favorite. Is that Demon Slayer. Okay, oh yeah, Demon Slayer. <laughs> okay, I, I want to make sure we're on the same page. So... This weekend of anime was insane. I mean, I actually the whole Sunday because I also watched Euphoria on HBO and I want Kenny to start watching that too. We could probably do an episode of the podcast on Euphoria because that show is that good to me. What is Euphoria? Jesus Christ. I know I'm loading you up. It's a show on HBO starring Zendaya. She is the main character. She's in everything. She's MJ. She's in Dune. Look, now she's getting euphoric. Look. Okay, she's the Kevin. She is she is the Kevin Hart of of movie and TV shows now. She's everywhere. All right, she's starring in a bunch of shit, but she's a phenomenal. Did her right. They did, and she's from. Not only that, she won a Golden Globe for season one. She won Best Actress in a in a drama uh, for season one, which is a really hard award to win. There's a lot of great actresses, as you might imagine, who are much older than her. I think she's one of the youngest people to win it too. But she's phenomenal in it. She plays a drug addict. She's the main character. I'm not talking about weed i'm talking about hard drugs she's a hardcore drug addict and that's pretty much the premise of the show it's really good it's a high school drama but it's hbo so it's very uncut sometimes i get a little nervous because technically you're watching high school students and they be showing some shit and i'm like i don't know like hbo pushes but but all the actors they don't have under 18 actors. that's the thing that's the thing that's the loophole it's like well i know zendaya is 20 something so it's like like yeah so i know that she's actually an adult i know everyone in the show is an adult but they're playing high school students so when you see high schoolers having sex it's like that shit is weird to me but the show is phenomenal and hbo does not hold back on showing shit and you i mean we've all watched game of thrones at this point you know how they show a lot especially a lot of penis oh my god 
There was so much penis on Sunday. Remember the South Park episode? Penis, 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 penis. Is that the Game of Thrones intro with penis replaces like the words? Yeah, yeah. There was a South Park. It was like the Black Friday Bundaroo Thanksgiving special. And uh, also Game of Thrones. Yeah. (laughs) It was nuts. But but yeah, they had like the, the Game of Thrones intro theme. And it was just like, penis, 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 <laughs> oh, penis, I, penis, You know what? I get it. Because in Game of Thrones, there is a lot of penis. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Well, since Game of Thrones is over, uh, I think that HBO has decided to shift all of the penises to Euphoria. There's a lot of it in there. But it, again, doesn't take away from the show. The show is really, really good. And... It made Sunday insane for me because it started out with Demon Slayer at 11 a.m. I'm on the East Coast. I'm in Philadelphia. So um, on the East Coast, Demon Slayer comes on at 11 a.m. And then Attack on Titan comes out around. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I've been watching it around 11 a.m. every single time. And this time I decided to actually watch it with Gary, which I almost never do for this season so far. So this is the first episode that we watched together for Demon Slayer of the new season. And boy, was it a good one. For us to watch together i turned the lights out i just kind of felt it i don't know why like the energy shifted on that sunday i knew that some mm. shit was going to pop off so i was like gary hey what are you doing he's like i'm doing nothing i was like okay let's watch demon slayer together he's like now i was like yes gary now so That's scary <laughs> we watched demon slayer and i think that this episode is obviously one of the best so far in the entire show's small history but i just have to say it anyway because it's that good. Uh, it immediately started out with him, you know, picking up where he left off. He's Tandro's fighting against Daki and she's an upper moon. I've been always wondering how the fuck is Tandro actually able to go somewhat toe to toe with her. You know, she's an upper moon. She's stronger than Rui and he couldn't do shit to Rui at all. Like he could not deal with him at all. So it kind of bothered me with the power scaling. I know that he's been training. I know that he's going through that's, some shit. That's something that, uh, that's I you know not to not to interject and put a little downpour on it, but that's one of the iffy things about Demon Slayer is that the pacing is lightning fast. Oh, it's so because quick. it's been like six months since he fought Rui, but yes. you don't really feel like it's been six months. No. It might even be more than that, but it's been a really long time since he's fought Rui. But to us, it doesn't feel that way. So Tandro being so much stronger sometimes feels a little jarring. It is jarring. I agree with you. The power scaling is all over the place. It's a bit fast, but I I do cut them some slack because she wasn't at full power, which we didn't know until this episode. So during this season, this season has been really weird. Episode one was amazing. It was the 45 minute episode. And then the other episodes yeah. were just the regular 22 minutes. Episode one was insane. And then it slowed down dramatically, which I'm fine with because they had to build up a story. I don't expect every episode to just be action, 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 or reveal, reveal, reveal. So yep. when they slowed it down, I was fine with that. But something I could not get out of my head was when Inosuke was running around the brothel and there was a demon in the walls, as he called it. I didn't understand because I had just seen Daki lift an old woman up and drop her from really high in the air to kill her. And then at the same time, Inosuke is like chasing a different demon. So I started to wonder what the fuck is going on in this arc? Like, who is the real issue here? You know, yeah, who's yeah. The, I didn't understand what was going on. It was very weird. And come to find out. It's all technically this one demon. She just split her body up into these like string Hanamichi things or whatever they're called. And it was also a little confusing. It took me a little bit to realize 
that the Orion, I don't know how to, the Oiron, whatever, yeah. like the number one geisha, the the top prostitute, the bottom bitch. Yeah. Um, it took me a while to realize that there's more than one. Yes. I thought there was one period. Me too. And so whenever I, so there was times where I saw that and I was like, wait a minute, I feel like that's not the same girl. It wasn't. So I was like, I know the, the Oiron or whatever is the demon, but then I saw another one. I was like, that's not the same girl, but I thought it was. And then it took me a second to realize like, oh, I guess each brothel has their own yes. top. But I thought there was only one. Me too. I was I was a little lost in the beginning. And I, I kept looking at all of them, thinking that they were the demon. I thought that all of them were. So every time I saw <laughs> one, I was like, well, it's her. And then it was, and then they showed another one, it was her. But then finally they showed one that was really mean. Like, really mean. And that's when yeah, I realized, yeah. okay, that's the actual fucking demon right I there. I like when she cocked her head and she was like, what the fuck you? Like, when she cocked her head and was yeah. like looking up at him. She looks was- really good. I like the fact that they did make her hot you know, anime hot, whatever that means. But like, she does look really, oh, really good for an anime character. Trust me, I know what it means. Yeah. I had a hard time reading the subtitles every time she was on the screen. Yeah, she I looks like, really good. F- I was like, how am I supposed to read the subtitles while she's on the screen? She looks I good know. in and out of demon form too. She has that, you know, pretty much human form. And then she goes into the demon mode. I like both. She actually looks cool as hell in both. And then she has a, her real form, I guess, which we, re- they revealed in this episode when she absorbs all of her things back. She, her, her, her hair changes. Yeah, she gets stronger and she gets like, Kind of like veins coursing through her body, but wait, let me let me back up a bit. So the episode starts off, and Tanjiro is fighting her. And for the last couple episodes, when they first engaged, I thought he was going to get his ass beat immediately. He did get hit and everything, which I expected, but I thought that it was going to be one of those things where, it, like, the Hashiro was going to come in and save Tanjiro pretty early into the fight before he got himself killed. Because this is our first encounter with an Upper Moon that is attacking Tanjiro, like. Akaza yeah, didn't yeah. get the chance to get to him. He he wanted to, but Rengoku <laughs> was there, and Rengoku didn't let him get anywhere near. So this is Tanjiro's first time clashing swords with an upper moon. I expected him to get zero diffed real quick. And it did bother me these last couple episodes watching him. He, he freed the woman. He sliced off one of her strings. He freed someone, and like he was doing all this other shit, blocking attacks. And that just didn't really sit well with me, but then... In this episode, out of nowhere, while she's fighting him, she randomly has this moment where all of her, I guess, separated body parts start to fly towards her. And it it almost, I don't know if she activated that or if something triggered it. Like maybe uh, Uzui yeah. slicing all of them up. Yeah, it seemed like to me because cause they were showing stuff happening at different times. But it seemed like to me because of the sound Hashira went in there and started fucking shit up. Because it, it didn't seem deliberate it seemed like she got hit by it by it, accident it did you know what i mean it did it, it looked like, like she didn't she, summon them yeah it looked like it ran back to her yeah that's what i okay i like that ran back because i know the hashira came in he sliced up every single ribbon he freed every single person and he said praise me and all that stuff that was great but i guess after that happened and the ribbon realized holy shit that's a hashira because i think it did actually react like that like oh fuck that's a hashira what is this aura yeah, yeah. It ran, and it ran back to the main the main body. So that does make sense. Ran back is a good way to describe that. I love the animation. This episode has phenomenal animation. Okay? Yes, it does. This episode, like, this is why I think Demon Slayer won Sunday, because there were three shows on Sunday for me, and I think Demon Slayer won. And, and the animation is part of the reason why I will say Demon Slayer won Sunday. Uh, when she absorbs the rest of her body, and it kind of starts going into the side of her face and her neck, I think mm-hmm. that that shit, it, one, it's creepy, but it's also cool as hell, isn't it? It's fucking cool. She had a lot of sick animation moments. The one moment that I like a lot 
There's a couple moments I oh, like I know a lot. There's exactly one. What you're about to say. I don't. I don't know because there's a lot. There's so many. I don't know how you could know, but there's one where she's like skating. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, time goes on the ground and she's about to kill him, dude. When she's like, she skates dog, up and I she's said, like, and it slows down and it sees her like in the air. Dog, that shit is crazy. She's skating Kenny, on the ribbons. When that happened, I said to Gary, I hope that that is her special in the fighting game when she's on. The, when, when they do the next <laughs> fighting game, when the next the next Demon Slayer fighting game comes out, I hope that her actual special is going to be that where you see her sliding sideways with the, the ribbons on the ground, scraping the ground. Yeah, they're, yeah. About to, they're about to hit you <laughs> because when Tandra was on the ground and she was coming towards him and they kind of did that sideways view where you see her in the air. I, I, that, that shot could be a screen. That could be my screensaver. That could be my wallpaper. It looks phenomenal. I love the animation really on that. Good. It's so crispy, so clean, so beautiful. And it really drives home that whole, she's the beautiful demon and everything like that. Like everything she does is kind of beautiful. Although I will say that there were parts in this episode that I've noticed they made her ugly. And I think that it's on purpose because she's so focused on beauty that they went out of their way to show her in these moments where she does look kind of ugly. But we'll, I'll talk about that a yeah. little bit as we go on. Well, well, a yeah. quick side note, something I do like, because we were saying it's weird that Tanjiro didn't even like, didn't get smoked and yeah. he's standing up. But something that I do like is that he has kind of like a, at the moment, like a Kaioken uh, with sun breathing and yeah. he can't really control. It takes a lot out of him. Something I like though is Sun Breathing hasn't won him like a single fight. It hasn't. You know, like he Sun Breathing died is way every stronger. single time he's used it so far. Yeah. So I do like that even though Sun Breathing is letting him keep up a little bit, so far he's used it quite a few times and he hasn't won like a single time with yeah, it. Yeah, I guess the okay. I forgot about Mugen Train, but I know he used it in Mugen Train to pretty much isn't that how he like kinda Yeah, that's how he beat, but luckily, or maybe not luckily, but at least for, for, in order for it to make, he beat the the lower one. Yeah, but it was, and, he was still a lower moon, and he also had help. Uh, yes, it, it wasn't with just Inosuke. yeah, it wasn't just a one v one on that lower moon. It was actually you know the whole team pretty much doing shit to to fuck it up. So his some even couple with another person was able to beat and, the, the Mugen Train demon. And the, that demon also, he kind of made it clear that. He had more trouble with Anosuke than Tanjiro. Yes, because Tanjiro kept waking up. Tanjiro kept waking up, which was problematic. But he couldn't put Anosuke to sleep. Yeah, one, like, he had a fucking actual boar mask on, and two, when he did put him to sleep, it was bad. Yeah, so it was uh, <laughs> the, fuck, you know. the children that were inside his dreams got scared. <laughs> to get the fuck out of there, it is scary in there. I just want to say because we did a podcast on the first episode of the season. And then we kind of haven't really talked about the episodes in between, but one of the cool things in the episodes in between, it's kind of funny to me. I can't take him seriously. Is Inosuke him with his actual face out all the time (laughs) has been so funny looking to me because he's so beautiful. I love how pretty he is. He's so pretty (laughs) to the point where him as a geisha or a a prostitute or whatever the fuck, it it just works. And it's just Mm -hmm. because Tanjiro, everyone's like, yeah, we knew you were a guy. Yep. Like you, you don't look like a fucking woman at all, and that that was funny to me when they kind of just said it blatantly. Whereas Inosuke looks like a woman, and so when he's all serious and all beefed up and his shirts off, he's running around a brothel like a crazy person, and he's just beautiful in the face. I start to literally laugh or chuckle a little bit because of how weird it is that he looks like that. Yeah. On on that note, I'm as the episodes go on, as Demon Slayer gets older, uh, Inosuke grows on me more and more. So, I actually like Inosuke more as it goes on. Whereas I like Zenitsu less and less, man. I just, 
I just can't. So, he has moments where he's so cool, but yeah. But outside of those moments, his character is so unbearable. So for me, this season, I'm definitely liking Inosuke more, and I didn't care for him in season one at all. But and I liked Zenitsu a lot in season one, and that's because one, the first time you ever see him do his uh, lightning breathing or thunder breathing, uh, the first time you see it is absolutely insane. I watched that scene mm-hmm. probably ten times over. That scene is iconic, and then the second time you see him do it, which is sixfold. Was also insane. Underclap and flash the, sixfold. The novelty is starting to run dry, though. Yeah. The whole I have one attack and then I can sixfold it is starting to not have the same new car smell, the new sneaker smell anymore. I'm starting to get a little bored of it. And like you said, his personality isn't exactly the most enticing thing. Now, I like Zenitsu. I think he's ridiculous. I think he's funny. But you already have funny characters like Inosuke and honestly Tanjiro is funny too. So I don't really need him to also be funny, but when he's in his regular state and he's just like whiny and stuff, it it does kind of, that's getting old. And then also him in his cool state is also running dry because it's one attack. Tanjiro's doing all kinds of shit. Yeah. Broken bones, whatever that shit that he he said it. it was like burning bones or broken bones. Burning bones. Yeah. Like like every time Tanjiro fights, fake rainbow he's doing all of this new shit and we've never even seen him train for this stuff or anything but he's just pulling it out and so that keeps tanjiro fresh especially yeah, this yeah. episode whereas Zenitsu needs, he needs I, i'm just i need him i'm sure it'll happen or at least i hope i hope so too. he needs a cat he needs a character arc like he really needs a character arc where yes. he, he he grows because it's just it's it's just it's really starting to get grading his character like there was times where during the episodes, I felt like I was forcing myself to watch them when it was when it was like him because yeah. he was just like whining and bitching and crying and I was like, oh my god, I get it. Yeah, you're that character. So that that's been I agree. Inosuke has grown on me. Zenitsu has has definitely fallen a little down on my uh, radar of characters that I like. Yeah, um, I like when I Inosuke was in the room in his weird ass pose where he looks like a lobster and the lady walks in to yell at him and then she's like what the fuck are you doing and he's like trying to concentrate and shit and then when he fucking dislocates all his bones oh like go in the my hole. god that was so scary when he said that anywhere that my head can go the rest of my body can like a rat i was so <laughs> creeped out by that oh this guy is too much beast breathing is broken i i really want to i want to see who taught him that and if it's self-taught that's also absurd. But Beast Breathing yeah. is actually really cool. It seems to be effective too, which is strange. Because um, he's just in the wild. But I would like to see if someone did teach him that, who's the Hashira or whatever of that? I know that there isn't a Hashira for it because we've seen all the Hashiras, but who's the stronger? Who's the mean, teacher? Yeah. yeah. But uh Yeah, yeah. there's been there's been a lot. Go, there on, has. go ahead. So back to Daki, I guess. Uh she's really fucking cool. After she absorbs the rest of herself and she gets extremely excited because she realized that Ahashura is indeed in the area and that will make Muzan pleased. Like she is all about pleasing Michael Jackson. Also was revealed that she's killed seven Hashira so far. Bro, (laughs) I'm glad you brought that shit up because I have been saying I have been saying that in every single group chat I am involved in. (laughs) I said, do y'all realize how many seven is? Seven is so many. Seven of anything. If I said I ate seven glizzies or seven hamburgers or seven wings, like anything, like not not just like a drum 
or yeah, like she killed a like, whole Shichibuka. Like whole week. Like se- seven of anything is a lot. Like seven is so many. If I was like, oh, I slept with seven people today, or I shot seven people today, or I stabbed seven people today. That's so many. She killed seven <laughs> Hashiras. I cannot deal. If you have seven kids, could you imagine having seven kids? Se- oh seven God. of anything is so many of something. So when I thought of her killing seven Hashiras, I can't help but to think about the fate of the sound Hashira because she's undefeated, clearly. And that is not okay. But uh, yeah, she absorbs the rest of herself and she gets all fucking horny for Uzui. And then a random person comes out of his house and starts complaining about the noise and them fighting outside. And this is where shit goes south. She's standing on top of a building and she's not even paying him any mind. Like, honestly, she doesn't even care. Tandra's the one who notices him for real because she doesn't even care about people who are ugly. So that's like her whole thing. She doesn't even, she tries not to even notice you. She doesn't even eat them. No, she doesn't. She doesn't even eat them. Which is interesting because I know you noticed Muzan also said you've devoured scores of humans. Mm-hmm. Which means, and she only. You, we saw her. We saw her. Um, her like feeding place. Her lair, where yeah. she had the ribbons. All those fucking skeletons. I mean, granted, it's been hundreds of years or, yeah, or whatever, yeah. but there's a lot of fucking skeletons in there. Yeah. So she's found a lot of people attractive, or her standards are really low. But it is interesting that she only eats people who are attractive, and she still devours scores, which I think is twenties of humans. Like that. Like it's so, it's so many. Uh, so and she, she killed seven Hashiras. I assume she probably ate the Hashiras as well. I, oh, for I, sure. I think that it's really interesting that this is a thing. She also likes to torture people. She's she's cool. She's sadistic as fuck. She's exactly what I would hope for from a demon. So just to separate the whole human aspect of it because Tandro does bring up humanity to her. And she's like, there's a whole montage about that shit. She's like, I don't yeah. give a fuck about none of that. I don't care about getting sick. Y'all die. Uh, I don't have, I don't need money to eat. Uh, I don't need shelter. I don't need any of that. Like, I don't need anything. Like, I, I literally don't need anything. I don't have feelings for anything. Uh, I can regrow my body parts. She just went on this whole spiel about why she loves being a demon. And I forgot about my human self. That part has had, that's so long ago. That's so old. Why the fuck are you even bringing that up? Why would I care about that? That was when Tanjiro was in fucking beast mode, dude. He, there was blood leaking into his eyes uh, and shit. Oh my God. So yeah, I, I keep on he was, glossing over he was this in part. The, zen. the guy comes out, starts yelling at her and shit, yelling at her and Tanjiro. And Tanjiro's like, oh, God, don't like, please just go back in your house. Like, just, you know, don't do this right now. He doesn't stop. She gets pissed off. And this is where I realized that, oh, OK, he actually can't go toe to toe with her. It's just that she was at half power or whatever percentage of power she yeah. was missing. Obviously, she could have killed him in her base or I should say that that weakened state that she was in. I think she would have won the fight regardless in that state. But. She would have done it probably a lot quicker in her enhanced state, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when she does this attack, like all of her ribbon things lift up and they kind of sweep the street and it cuts every house on the left and the right. I mean, it just wipes out the entire yes. street. Tanjiro they blocks show, the one that's coming for bodies. him. They show bodies Bro, of people. Bro, the aftermath of that scene, I was not expecting it at all. The gore, there was so much gore. People were cut in half. There were fucking people missing parts of their heads. It was so brutal. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was so, I bet in the manga, it's way worse too, because I know <laughs> the manga probably gets busy when it comes to the gore, but in anime, I know that they like, you know, they, they kind of shadow, they put dark shadows on stuff when it's really bad. A yeah, yeah, got kill yeah. vibes. You've seen a comic got kill. I have seen a comic. Got so, you know how, yeah, it can get dark, but she wipes out a street. And when they show the aftermath, it is 
crazy the number of people she killed so quick. And that's when I realized, okay, he stands no chance. He stands no fucking chance against this girl. He just he also blocked her hit and it cut like his ho- his whole shoulder. Yeah, he got fucked up even though he blocked it. And he saved it's crazy because he's you know, he saved he saved someone, but he the couldn't one save the guy who was complaining, yeah. Yeah. He uh he and lost then, his and he lost his hand though. Yeah, he did. He was like he he was like you lost your hand, run, like you're he alive. Told him, he said, Yeah, you'll survive, but wrap that shit up in some wire and get out of here. It's bad. That that entire part really set the power scaling of like, oh, okay, she wasn't at full power. And with or without full power, she would beat Tanjiro 1v1 until, of course, she tries to take off. Now, I wasn't expecting this. I don't think anyone will, I don't think anyone was. If you're this is an anime-only podcast. I do not read the manga for Attack on Titan or Demon Slayer because I actually enjoyed the surprises and seeing them animated. Because I think Demon Slayer, I don't think the manga could compare to the anime of Demon Slayer. Like I, I will say that without ever having read a single chapter of the manga, there is no fucking way the manga can compare to the anime because of how insane the music and the animation is. I don't give a fuck. Animation is really good. How nice it looks in the manga and all that other good stuff. There's no way you can convince me that it, it's better than the actual anime. So when, the music's good too. There's a song that they play a lot. It kind of sounds like it kind of sounds like a girl singing. I can't really I can't really reenact it. Yeah, yeah, don't even, try, yeah don't even try. I know but I do know what you're talking about though. That song Reminds me so much of Near Automata songs that I mm. wonder if they have a similar composer because it just sounds so similar. Interesting. But it's really good. So, yeah, I mean, she's ridiculous. She severs all these people. She tries to run away, and Tanjiro gets pissed because he can't believe that she would just kill an entire street of people for no reason, really. Like, no real reason, anyway. The disregard yeah. for human life, he calls it. Just that that reckless abandon. I don't give a fuck. He just wiped. Because she didn't, she didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah, didn't, yeah. It didn't do anything for her to do that. So she was just annoyed. She was just and, literally annoyed, you know, and her disregard for like how precious life is. She doesn't see it that way. She's like, these people are ugly. They can all fucking die. Literally killed them all. There were a few people mourning their loved ones who didn't get absolutely severed, but for the most part, everyone got killed. And. She goes to take off, and I love the way the scene was framed. She gets into that stance when you're about to like go yeah. fast. She kind of ducks down in a sonic pose, and the second she goes to take off, and they even show her kind of like jut off a little bit too. Yeah, it's like boom. Yeah, and then the all of a sudden, sudden she yeah, kicks yeah, off the yeah. air. She she does the skywalk, and the second she does, my man Tandro, who was on the ground on the street, and she's on top of a roof. He flash steps. I'm gonna call it flashed up from Bleach. He flash steps. And you just see him holding her leg. Mm-hmm. He has her leg in his hand. She she actually tried to take off so fast that him grabbing her leg made her stomp into the roof and like damage the roof. Not only that, but like what's also funny is she herself was so fast that she basically ripped her own leg off because Tanjiro grabbed her leg because her leg got ripped off. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I, So it didn't get ripped off, though. He cut it. No, I know he stabbed into it. I don't think he did. He cut it, or bro. Did, I just wa- I just watched it over before this episode. Before this episode of the okay. podcast, I actually watched it in slow motion because I was wondering what the fuck happened to her leg. He has I thought he's holding. I it. thought he stabbed into it, like stabbed down into it to like anchor it. Yeah, and then she like ran so fast, like it ripped off. So what ended but, up happening is he grabs her leg. She does this little twist kick thing, and then he dodges. 
And when he dodges the kick that she tries to do at him, he slices the fucking leg off. Yeah, I kind of watched it's, it again. That's but it's, sick. But here's the thing. I'm not like a lot of what happens in this episode happens so quickly that you can't possibly see it all. And we'll get to yeah, that because yeah. Nezuko, when she comes in, is, it, it happens so quick. I didn't know what the fuck I was looking at. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, in this moment, he does slice her leg off literally with his blade, but it, it's so fast. And I think they want to like drop that point home of how fast he's moving or rather how slow everything else is moving to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah they do say that one point he's, <laughs> when, when she has all of the ribbons coming at him, he's like, they're so slow. I love it, bro. This episode is so good. He slices her leg off. She regrows it instantly like an upper moon, you know, typical upper moon fashion. We've seen it already with Akaza. So I was happy that that's like a consistent thing. Even though she's the weakest of the, the upper moons, she can still regrow her limbs just as fast. And she starts fighting him. He's just slicing all of her shit. She does this crazy uh, blood demon art. Like she starts with that. She even says, you're fucking dead, you idiot. You couldn't even deal with my base attacks. And now you're dealing with my blood demon art. These things are on a, they have a speed of their, like I'm in a different class. She even calls, she says it herself. My speed is in a different class now that I've absorbed all of my body parts. So she brings down these interweaved uh, ribbons and they're about to slice him. And he does that burning bones move, man. Oh man, (laughs) that move. Okay. It's really the way he says it. He goes, you know, Kamikagura burning bones. And he says it so calm. There's none of that. He don't call me calm. Like he doesn't do that. He says that shit so calm. And that like that freaked me out. He don't call me Kagura. Just like the calmness. Yeah, in he his was voice. in a trance. He was he in was. a fucking trance. That's the exact way I would describe that shit. My man was in a fucking trance and it was not okay. He was slight he sliced her blood demon art and she even mentioned how it burned and she can't regenerate like she normally would. Mm-hmm. She's like, what is this fucking burning sensation I'm feeling right now? And his sword was completely yeah. on fire. Oh my God. It looks so good. It was like in slow motion as she was pulling away from him. And you've seen all the blood marks from where he sliced her at. Yep. Yep. It's dude. It's going to be juicy. Do you know what this reminded me of? This is kind of backtracking a little bit, but to the, we did an episode on episode one of this season and we made a couple predictions that, that I think is kind of funny that I want to touch on real quick and you mm-hmm. just reminded me of one so one was we were talking about how Tanjiro's blade is black and blah 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 he's not suited for water breathing and they went into that again I don't remember if it was this episode or the episode before but um how his his blade got chipped and yes. he was he Tanjiro's now saying it himself he's like I'm not suited for water breathing like I don't do this technique correctly like I'm maybe I'm supposed to be doing sun breathing. So yeah. I really do think I like his, his blade is going to be changing colors or get a new blade or whatever. Uh, the second thing, which is kind of funny, is you and me sort of predicted that they were going to go undercover as girls. And we thought his wives. We did, Yeah. So it was three. it was like half truths. Right. <laughs> because I thought that I thought that the wives were them. <laughs> but I also thought that they were going to go undercover, obviously, as women. So that part did happen. But those women that we saw in that open in that ending or whatever it was were not actually the three. They were not. Yeah, they were actually. Uh, the they were actually uh, Tengo. I think his name's Tengo. Tengo's wives. Yeah. So it's actually cool because they look like Tanjiro's and Netsu and Inosuke, though. They do a little bit. Yeah. Like they're kind of. It's 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 interesting that they almost mirrors of them because the one has hair like Zenitsu 
Yeah. And then one of, so I, I, I don't know. I thought that was cool. Maybe just like something to throw readers off, but they do look kind of like female versions of the main three characters. Anyway. Yeah. That, that is interesting that, uh, his sword, he's acknowledging now that water breathing may not be the thing for him. And I think that that is such a cool little touch that they added in there because most characters are trying to force it constantly, but it does seem like he's given up on water breathing. Not probably entirely for, for a lower demon, like the one he killed randomly in episode one. Remember when episode one, he yeah. just hunted down some spider demon. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he'll still just water breathing them because apparently he know Kamikagura takes an incredible strain on your body. So for lower level demons, he'll still use all of the, you know, dead calm and all of that shit. But when it comes to the stuff that he's fighting now, it doesn't well, even make sense to bring out water breathing. I don't think he can do dead calm, all right? I, 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 I just kind of finesse that. I don't think he can do dead calm. You saw me like, finesse that in there? He didn't even know that form existed. When, when, uh, <laughs> when Giyu was like yeah, when, 11th form, he said Tondro that. was like 11. He did say 11 with a question mark. He definitely was confused. Okay, but you're, you're right. Um, yeah, so a- after, after he does that burning bones move, he starts slicing up. She's attacking him rapidly, and he she even mentions how his speed is increased and how come those ferocious movements that he's doing, normally they would destroy him, like his body. Yeah. But she mentions how his durability has gone up too, and he's not bleeding anymore. So as I was watching this the first time, a lot of things were off, but I couldn't quite tell because things were happening so fast. And as it's going, Tanjo slicing, 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 going back and forth for her. She starts to run. She literally tries to run. She's like, fuck this. This guy, she's like, is he even human? She says that out loud. Like, is this guy even human? So she starts roof hopping and Tanjiro keeps up with her insane speed. Like, my man is on it. When they get to the other roof or whatever, uh, she grows 13 of her tentacle thingies and she throws them all at him really, really quickly. And this is where he makes that comment about how if I dodge them, they'll wreak more havoc because they're on a new street now. They've moved. So he's like, if I dodge them, they'll wreak more havoc at everyone behind me. And he was like, my only choice is basically to slice them. He was like, there's 13 of them now too. He said, but I can't help but wonder why they're all moving so slow. And when he says that, I lost my shit. When he said they're moving so (laughs) slow, and then you started seeing him in real time, slicing them the fuck up, he was moving so fast. And then... She notices it. She's like, all of the things that he slapped away, he's put onto one side. And then he stabs his sword down into all 13 of them. And so she can't move anymore because when he tried to cut her neck off, it didn't work because she like really, really, really soft. And that makes sense too. Like if you try to cut a, a rubber band with a knife, you'd never be able to cut a rubber band at its full elasticity with a knife. But if you stretched it, then you would yeah, yeah. you would be able to cut it with a knife. So that I was like, okay, that does make sense. Uh, the whole sharpness versus something super soft like that. So that was kind of cool the way she dodged it. I also think it's funny that Tanjo has really bad luck with cutting off necks of these demons. Yeah, he really does. Because this is the second time that they pull some trick on my man. The first time I think really, all all the all the upper moves moons are going to have some fucking trick. I, guess. I think so too. I think it's going to be a running theme because it it just makes sense that you've been living for hundreds of years. Your neck obviously has never been cut off. Your neck has never been severed. Um, so you need to have some kind of way to dodge when that inevitably does happen. Someone's going to try you from the at the neck. 
And yep. they all seem to have a little get out of jail free card for that situation. So when Tandra realizes that, that's when he slaps all 13 of her ribbons to the side and he stabs them down, holds her in one place. And she's like, motherfucker, do you think that, that can like do? I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to make it where you can cut me. She's like, but you think that's going to work? And then she straightens them out. It's it, it, everything's happening so quick. I love how detailed the animation and everything is on these scenes when she straightens them out it looks really cool because they're all like wild at first and they're all off yep. to the side and she kind of straightens them and she yanks towards herself as as though to pull them back to her because she's like fuck you i'm not letting you have my body over there she tries to yank them and you actually see tandro he has a little give he kind of jerks forward so she is really strong of course i mean it's 13 of her body parts he's stabbing down but even though he jerks forward he's still staring at her eyes wide open and without wavering at all, he's just looking at her. She's like, it doesn't matter. You can't possibly cut me from that distance anyway. <laughs> when she says that, my man does a cartwheel or a somersault or I don't even know. He, he just flips in the air and fucking comes with the ferocity. I mean, he starts slicing with fire like a madman. That scene... I watched that scene probably 20 times before this episode. I kept rewinding it. It looks so good when he does that flip and he starts slicing. It's like it's like his version of Omni Slash. It was nasty. He's just going off. He's just slicing, fire, slicing, fire, slicing, fire. And then he gets up to her and he's like, this time I can cut it. And he starts to get close to her neck. And of course, in typical Shonen fashion, he gets at the very last minute, he gets stopped in his uh, godlike state by one of his younger siblings saying, brother, brother, please breathe. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me and Gary at that time. Well, Gary has seen the whole thing because he's what he read the manga, but it occurred to me at that moment. Oh shit. That's why something seemed off. He has not been breathing this entire time. He's actually been doing some new technique, which they haven't named it yet. They haven't talked about it yet. This is literally the introduction of it, but They've been so focused on breathing, even in the beginning of the episode, when she was about to do that cool ass sliding attack that we talked about, uh, he says recovery breathing, and he does a little thing to get up from that. Breathing has been such an integral part of being a demon slayer. Every single Hashira, they're all known for their breathing techniques. Everyone has all these different types of breathing. Some people do the total concentration breathing all day, every day. In fact, all of them are. All the strongest ones are. So breathing is a really big component of what makes the Shonen unique. And for once, we saw what happens when you don't breathe at all. He was holding his breath this entire time. And I had to rewind it and rewatch the episode to see he did not take a single breath from the time his eyes filled up with blood until when he first flashed up on top of the roof. He had not taken a breath yeah, yeah. at all. I think that's why his eyes filled up with blood because yeah. he wasn't breathing. That like, is so I don't cool. think I don't think it was the because the damage he took because at first you look at it and you think it's because of the damage he took, which makes sense, but he really got hit in the shoulder yeah, And it doesn't really make sense why his eyes would fill up with blood. But what seemingly happened there, it's not outwardly said, is that, like, yeah, he stopped breathing. Yep. And then his eyes started to go bloodshot. And then he went into this, like, kind of crazed state. Something else that uh, we haven't mentioned yet is while he was in that crazed state, there's a part where he's saying something. And as he's saying it, Doki starts to feel fear. And she's like, where have I heard this before? And then she realizes she's having Muzan's memories and that? we see flashbacks of like seemingly the first sun breather talking to Muzan. Yeah, that part is crazy to me because I'm glad you brought this up because I completely excuse me, I completely glossed over it. But the part where 
she says the cells remember is wild. First of all, someone's cells remembering something horrifying because they were scared. She yeah, said, my she hands are trembling. Shaking. Yeah, she said, my fingers are trembling. And so whatever it was, it scared the fuck out of her. But he, the, the dude comes on hard as nails. He starts talking about, why is this amusing to you? I mean, talking to her like a child. Like the way, I guess, Muzan was being spoken to was like a kid. Yeah, because as far as we know, and I don't think this is a jump, like that that was Muzan's fear. Yes, that was, that was Muzan's fear, yeah. And that guy that we saw was talking to Muzan. Yes, and, and that is an ancestor of Tandro, obviously. They also go over a little bit about the mark on his forehead, which he said, I always believed that it came from the pot accident that I had, the hot pot. Yeah. But we know that that's obviously not true. Um <laughs> He can believe that shit all he wants. Somebody could have told him that because he heard that his dad was born with it. And he said, I'm not a chosen one. Yep. And uh, I've always been interested in the mark on his forehead. I always thought that, oh, Tantra's going to end up being a demon or something like that or a descendant of a demon. Something corny that all shonens do. Oh, he's actually the strongest demon of all of all time or something. You know, the typical shonen thing I talk about all the time. Naruto's the strongest demon. Ichigo's the strongest demon. Uh, Asta from, you know, Black Clover has the strongest demon. It's all. It's always like that. Jujutsu Kaisen, he has the strongest demon. It's always that. So I was expecting when I saw that mark on his head, I was like, oh, God, the main character is going to be an inheritor of some kind of strong, overpowered demon that's going to save him every time he gets into a fight and is about to die. But so far, that hasn't been what's happening. He does have an ancestor, though, that looks very similar to his dad, has that kind of hairstyle and the clothing and everything. But the Mm -hmm. way he was talking to Muzan was like somebody chastising a child. Mm hmm. He was fucked up. Yes. So I really. So yeah, it was interesting because. Because Daki herself, at least as I understood this theme, Daki wasn't necessarily scared, but she was, but she wasn't scared of Tanjiro, but she became scared because of the yeah. memories of Muzo. Literally, the words triggered it. Yeah. She said, I've heard that before, but where? Because she hadn't actually heard it, but the cells in her body, the, the blood cells, that's, that's a crazy concept. Fear in your blood. <laughs> that is a crazy ass concept. And, it's inter- uh, I can't wait for the eventual big flashback because on one end, we know Muzan is broken strong, yes. right? But on the other end, we do know he is, he's terrified of, he's terrified of people saying his name, Yep. right? Like he's terrified of people finding him. Yep. And specifically it all, or seemingly it all links back to this, this sun breather in the Hanafuda earrings. Yeah. It's something, it's one of the reasons why I think that Demon Slayer is a good anime Despite the sketchy power scaling and the pacing, I think that the mystery is what's holding it up so high. I I really do, because I had to figure out why do I like this so much? And it is pretty basic overall. You know what I mean? Like from a storytelling perspective. It's a a simple show. It's it's very simple. It's not trying to be deep or anything. But but it has has heart. It it does have heart. Yes. It's don't get me wrong. I love it. I think it's I think it's very, very good. And I had to understand, like, what is it that's making me feel like this anime is so good? It's really because I'm so interested in the mystery of it all. I'm interested in the mystery yeah. of who Muzan is, who uh, Tanjiro's dad really was, or who his family really was. The whole aspect of sun breathing being the first form of breathing. Where did the demons originate from? Uh, why is Nezuko the only survivor? And why, Jesus, this episode, why is she so fucking strong? Yeah, I want to, yeah, before that, I want to say another thing that I like about Demon Slayer is, and this is something that gets to me, uh, and whenever a show does it and it doesn't feel super forced, I, do, I love, like, 
like loyalty stories or like family stories and shit. Like for example, so Tanjiro and Nezuko, I like a lot just cause like their bond and yeah. the way Tanjiro acts and Nezuko acts. And I also really like, even though he hasn't been here a lot, I really like the sound Hashira and the small little flashback we got with his three wives. I do like that a lot. How like they're Kanoichis and ninjas and like their number one job is like, you know, all for the mission. If they die, they die. And yep. he's like, you three don't die. He is like, you value your lives and then other people. He said, I shouldn't even be me. saying this, but yeah, I, I do. I really did like that part. I, I was concerned about character development for the Hashira because so far the Hashiras haven't gotten too much character development except Shinobu. Shinobu got a lot. Mm-hmm. Shinobu has a sister and that whole despair thing and how Tanjo said, I can kind of feel your despair. That yeah, was she's just like always angry. Like she's not actually as happy and cheery. She yes, she's actually super pissed and the despair that she's constantly feeling. And also I feel like she wants to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was a little worried about the sound Hashira because the way they killed Rengoku was so quick. And now it's, even that's starting to make sense to me now. They kill Rengoku kind of quick after introducing him, but they're constantly using his death over yeah. and over again. So he's being more developed after his death. Yep. As opposed to being developed before. I always compare his death to against Jiraiya's because I think Jiraiya's death is fantastic because you you he had a lot of development before he dies. You know who Jiraiya is. You know what he means to Naruto. You know what he means to Sanade, right? Like she loved him even though they never you know what I mean? Like there there was yeah, a very yeah. clear there's that love story there. Um, he's also a great novelist and all these other things. They, a great legendary signing. There's a lot of development. He's in the show for a very long time, but then he dies and it really hits home because you know what he means to Naruto specifically. Then, Rengoku, on the other hand, you are introduced to him at the Hashira Summit and then he dies the very next time you see him. Like, literally, that's the last episode of season one and then he dies in Mugen yep. Train. And that always was jarring to me because... I was like, well, I don't really feel anything for this guy because I didn't know this guy. And as this season has been going on post-death, they've been constantly seeing his little brother, how he's reacting to it, how it hurt him when the crow landed and you saw a little brother crying. And then mm-hmm. how the dad is pretending to be a hard ass about it. But then come to find out he's actually crying too alone, of course, because he's a man and he has to be all macho in front of people. But he offended Tanjiro. And in this episode, you saw him writing a letter apologizing They've been really driving home Rengoku's storyline after his death. And I kind of like this reversal of seeing a character die and be developed after their death. Like what his, yeah. they said, his brother, the little brother was like, he was always so good at it. I tried it. I suck at it. I'm going to find a different way to help people. I can't be a swordsman. That's not for me, but he was a prodigy. So you're learning things about him after he died, as opposed to beforehand. And it's, 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 it's cool the way they're using it. I like that. It is. It's really interesting. And they even said, I don't remember the exact phrase, but when Tanjiro uses his sun breathing, he thinks of Rengoku. Maybe not all the time, but there was one part where he says, like, um, like light up your soul or, like, burn on... Something, like, some yeah. one of Rengoku's lines. And he said that to, like, amp himself up in the doing sun breathing and stuff. So he sort of... He, rem- he remembers the instance on the train with Rengoku and how impressive he was and all the shit that he did and the sacrifice he made. And he's become sort of like a like a, a beacon for Tanjiro in his development of sun breathing. Yeah, naturally. I, I really like, I like what they've done with Rengoku. I didn't like it at first, but now I see it. And it's not as just simple as, oh, we wanted to kill a strong character and then discard mm-hmm. them. Because I also brought up to, when I, I had a conversation with one of my friends, but I said, after Jiraiya dies, that's kind of it for Jiraiya. Yeah, they yeah. They don't really bring Jiraiya up anymore. Like he's just kind of a thing of the past for the rest of Shippuden. It doesn't really yeah, go after not. that. It pretty much goes into the war arc. And that's like, Jirai's not really brought up again. So yeah, 
to rap for him. Yeah, outside yeah, of them saying that we couldn't resurrect him, basically. But yes, Jiraiya's done after he dies, whereas Rengoku is not. Yeah, he's got development post-death, and then... So all that to say, the sound Hashiro, although not a ton, I do like the characterization he's got. Yep. He's super flashy and stuff, but it seems it seems as though, based on the flashback and everything, because you see him and he seems a little despondent in the opening, like yeah. if you watch the opening scenes, and in the flashback, uh, where he has like his little Naruto ninja band on and all this <laughs> other shit, but he's from a ninja clan, and obviously they are very about death and stealth and all this other shit, and so it's kind of... I wonder if he's inspired by Naruto. He's like outwardly being flashy. And yeah. Saying he's going against like the the being in the shadows ninja and like not valuing life and all this other shit. That actually is a good parallel you just drew there. I didn't think about him in Naruto, but Naruto also is pretty flashy. He wears an orange jumpsuit just to start off with. He's fucking wearing orange and he's a ninja. That's just ridiculous. Uh, so Naruto is pretty flashy overall. He's also like the, you know, the number one knucklehead ninja. He's not exactly the most quiet like this guy. This guy is pretty damn like silent and all that. But as far as the way he treats his wives, Naruto has that same feel to him that I'm here now and you're safe now because I'm here. It's that All Might feel too. Like Naruto, especially like adult Naruto and even young Naruto had it too. But especially adult Naruto. Adult Naruto is about that life. That whole yeah, yeah. I'm here now. That shit gets the, me, yo. I'm the Kage. I'm here, all might. Yep. Yeah. The, it, that it, shit gets me. It right in the feels, right? You feel it. Uh, that I'm here now thing. He did that, and it is something to be said about characters who just have that finesse, that that energy, that aura of you're okay now. You don't have to worry be, just because yeah. I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so that shit gets me. I, I like this guy a lot. He's yeah. he's pretty dope. Yeah. So. Tanjiro collapses in front of Daki, and she's excited, obviously. She says, I'm going to kill you now. You know, you fucked up. You're a terrible human. This is as much as you could accomplish. The typical shit-talking that she should not be doing. She should have at least severed his bottom half or something. Before before speaking a single word, I would have cut something off. I would have cut maybe both his hands off, both his arms. Nah, she needed to flex. She just had to start talking, and as she's doing her little monologue, out of nowhere, the person who I literally forgot about, uh... Nezuko just fucking literally kicks her head off and it happened so fast. And because of the way the episode was directed, where you saw Uzui with the boys heading towards the yeah, demon, you assumed. I assumed because also how fast it happened. I was like, Oh, that and they all, the, the, even Zenitsu and Inosuke, well, mainly Inosuke mentioned how fast he is. Yep. So he was going to get there first always anyway. And he doesn't make a sound, so it would make sense that she didn't hear him coming up behind her like that. But she gets her head kicked off, and it's not even the Hashira. It's fucking Nezuko, of all people. And she is pissed. She's, like, growling really, really hard. Tanjiro is still... He's still conscious at first, but then he literally collapses. Uh, He was coughing up blood. It had a really bad... After the whole brother-please-breathe thing, once he realized that he hasn't been breathing, and he starts to try, it hurts tremendously from what you can see. And he collapses. He literally passes out. And Nezuko, she gets extremely angry after kicking a demon away, uh, kicking a demon's head off. And a demon recalls, uh, Daki recalls that Muzan wanted her specifically. He told her, mm-hmm. there is a demon that I need you to get for me, a demon that slipped my grasp. And he, he describes exactly what Nezuko's wearing, like the exact outfit, the checkered, you know, wrapping and everything, and her kimono. He describes it, and he's like, she got, she escaped my grasp, just like uh, Tamayo. Yep. And I was like, who the fuck is Tamayo? And then I remember that it's that doctor demon. 
Yep, yep. The only other demon or demons that were good in the show besides Nezuko, and also since like they're pretty intelligent because Nezuko, as I can tell right now, she still has not been capable of actual speech outside of the one line where she did her blood demon art. But again, I don't really know if she actually said that or if that was like an internal thought type of thing. I don't know what that was. That could be an anime only thing. And the manga, it probably just says blood demon art, whatever. And that's just it. Um, I don't know if it's actually a bubble coming out of her mouth or if it's even a bubble that's insinuating that it's in her head. But whatever the case may be, she still hasn't spoken anything outside of that one little part. And uh, so anyway, so Muzan is really interested in Nezuko. And we don't really know why, because technically, if he's the person that killed the whole family and, and also turned her into a demon, then then there's so many questions from that. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because we don't we assume we assume that Muzan is the one that made her a demon. Right? Yes. But like, is he? I don't know. That's, that's, as far that's as I understand, as far as I understand, any of the demons the moons right because ruby because like ruby was able to make people demons yeah you're only allowed to if you're one you're only allowed to share his blood if you are in the 12 moons so it could have been one of the other moons maybe so like we don't really know who did it but regardless of who did it it is it like what are the circumstances why did they slaughter the whole family because they didn't eat the whole family right? They, right they slaughtered the family and then turned nezuko into a demon for some reason for some and then reason. they just left yes yeah that that has been that has been bugging me for a while and one we don't know if muzan did it but did you notice that they did little flashbacks that from nezuko's perspective actually of the slaughter like while she was screaming and growling or whatever she you want to call it while that was happening they started showing these little flashes where you saw her family literally being killed from her eyes Yep. And that was really interesting to me. That's the first time you really got to see something like that. So she was consciously watching that happen. She remembers it. She got really, yeah. really pissed off. Uh, like that, it seemed like that made her angry because I feel like they showed that and then she started really getting pissed. And that's when she started to kind of grow. Uh, they started showing yeah, yeah. and everything. She started to grow. She grows into like, I'm, you know, I'm going to call it her full demon form. She's uh, definitely an adult. Uh, just judging off the boobs that they gave her, they like really, really uh, emphasized them. In this whole part, like they were so emphasized, they got they got Matsumoto from Bleach big. They got really yeah. big. She got, got bigger. She, she got, got taller. taller. Yep. She has a horn. She and then horn. she has like these vines on her body. And yes. this is something I find interesting. Did you ever watch or read Sayuki? I did actually. So uh, Sayuki, if you guys don't know, it's a it's a manga. There's an anime for it. Anime is kind of low budget, but overall, I like it. And the manga's pretty same. Good too. I actually like the anime. Um, too. I thought that the the banter between the four of them was always cool. Yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, if you've never read it or watched it, you should. I'm going to give a small spoiler, but there's a lot to it. You know, any, but, you know, whatever. Anyway, but there's a character named Cho Hakai, and he is, um, as far as we know, like a half-demon or whatever. Things happen, et cetera, et cetera. I won't go into everything that happens, but when they show his full demon form, it looks the same as Nezuko. It has, mm-hmm. like, these vines all across his body, and I've only... To my memory, I've seen it that one time on Hakai, and I always thought it looked really cool. Had these vines on his skin, and then yeah. I saw it with Nezuko. But both relating to a demon, and it's both someone who was a human that became a demon. I just wonder if there's some Japanese folklore that has to do with like that aesthetic and a person becoming a demon. Yeah, and also the one horn. And I also yeah, feel yeah, like, yeah. I don't know why, but something about the moon just kind of seems to be related to Nezuko. They keep showing the moon in the background of her. I noticed when she did her blood demon art. That was like a thing in a shot. 
And then just now on the roof when she's pissed, it's kind of like this. I mean, granted, they're always going to be fighting demons at night, but it just seems like, I don't know, something about the vines and the one horn, maybe the moon is just all thematic there. I, I really, that whole part, I mean, her seeing the slaughter or us seeing it from her perspective, but not seeing who did it. Yeah. The, the other question that, that arose from that for me was, We've seen Muzan turn humans for no reason, or at least brutalize them with his blood. We've seen him in an alleyway. He just walked into a random group of humans and started killing them because they, you know, started with him. But he started killing them. And one of them, he just started injecting his blood into them and he gave them too much and it kills them. Yep. Uh, Nezuko, however, during this fight with Daki, Daki slices off her limbs because Nezuko comes up with the classic kick that she uses on everybody. She used it on the girl with the balls early in the show and her fucking leg got blown off by that. And then the next time she kicked it, she was actually able to kick the ball away. So Nezuko gets strong immediately. That's been a common theme. We just have to accept that that's what it is. She always gets stronger. And in the moment that she was weaker, like she was just weak, that attack just worked and now it doesn't anymore. So she yeah, gets her limbs. She's got a weird power overall. Like the fact that I don't know if all of the demons can do this, because now that I think... I was just about to say it, and now that I think about it, M- Muzan does the same thing. Muzan can change his body type, his gender, everything. Yep. We haven't seen any other demon really do that, except Nezuko. She doesn't change her gender, but we see her go from, like, a fucking baby... Yes. To, like, a teenager... And at to first, a- I thought it was adult. just, like, some nonsense, where it's, like, an anime thing, that she becomes chibi, but it's not. She's actually becoming a chibi person. Yeah, she becomes really small to, like, sit in the box, and she's, like... But then she can become a normal size. And, and she's then, an adult in this episode. That is an adult. And she's a, a full-grown adult in this episode. So it's it's interesting, because we haven't seen any demon, other than Muzan, be able to actively change their body type outside of a transformation, right? Like, yeah, this like girl Daki, had a transformation. Yeah, Daki didn't look... Like, when she was in her human form, she looked like a human, right? Like, she looked like every other human. Um, She didn't have the shit that's on her face, like the butterflies or whatever, the flowers and stuff. yeah. Whatever's on her face. She has, like, markings and stuff on her. But she didn't have that. And Akaza has, like, the... He's a basketball, basically. Uh, I saw a really funny meme that was... It showed Daki and Muzan. And it was, like, how Muzan treats Daki. And it was her laying on his lap, all caressing and everything like that. And then it was how he treats Akaza. And it's literally said, you fucking basketball. And I started... (laughs) I started dying because... I looked at it. At first, I didn't understand. I was like, what, is, what the fuck? And then I looked at his face and I saw the lines and I was like, oh, God, he doesn't like yeah. basketball. Uh, so, yeah, we haven't seen any demon transform to this degree. We've seen him go like, oh, I have a human mode and now I'm and now I'm evil. Uh, but we haven't seen anything like this where they get small and big or adult and young. But you are right. Muzan is the only person that we've seen who can completely manipulate. And they did say that's like a thing, like being able to completely shape your aura to the point where you are unrecognizable to everyone. It's not like, because mm-hmm. when we're watching anime, right, we, we see him in these other forms, but we know it's him because we're, we're the viewer. But yep. the way they make a sound in this verse is that when he is in one of these forms, he is unrecognizable to literally everyone. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen him become like a, a 10-year-old. We've yes. seen him become like a geisha girl. Yep. And we saw him be Michael Jackson. Yep. Um, and now, but, for the first time this season, we saw him go back to a form. Uh, yeah, he went back to the Michael Jackson one because I was wondering if he was going to appear as like an old person next, like an elderly person. But yeah, this seems like this is his true form, or at least his most preferred form. Yeah, I would say because also when I think about him as a villain, I do think of the Michael Jackson one being the the main. Yeah, one, like right? that's him. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's interesting though. Uh, 
Nezuko, she has, like, you know, quite a lot of body control, and now she's, like, an adult, and I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that she's also kind of lost her mind a bit, because she grew the horn, like, she seems like she's on edge, like... She does seem off. She doesn't, like, I don't think, she, like, he, okay, so she bit... This is the first, like, she, she bit her gag off, yeah, so she might be... I don't know. There, there might be some shit happening next episode. Yeah, I'm interested in that. Uh, she completely lost control there. And that is a bit scary. I also wonder if her and Tanjiro's strength is linked in any kind of way. Because why is she so strong all of a sudden? Like, he just got an immense power-up. And then she got an immense power-up right there. Yeah. They both happened at the exact same time. And it almost seems like... So the first time he did Hinokami Kagura, she unlocked Blood Demon Art Exploding Blood. Yep. So to yep. me, every time Tanjiro gets stronger... Nezuko gets stronger right behind him. Yeah, they do seem linked. And they also had that little flashback that I thought was kind of cute. And one of those things that also kind of got to me, where it's their little brother, and the little brother's talking about both Nezuko and Tanjiro, about how they get into trouble and, like, they defend people and how something happened in the city and Nezuko, like, yelled at the guy. And then the little brother was saying, like, like, I was hoping adults were there, blah, blah, blah. And basically he he just says... Yeah, he said that you... Both of you are really gentle people but when you get mad it's scary it's scary and then he was like it's also scary because like you guys that care so much about other people you don't think about yourselves yep and you don't think about the damage you're doing to yourself and whatever and you know that that got to me a little bit but uh yeah they're very selfless nezuko is um she does seem linked to tanjiro in her power-ups yeah coincidentally they've always happened behind him yeah so so yeah, I don't know what's going to happen here. She grew a horn out of nowhere. <laughs> the horn came out of nowhere. So, okay, so Doggy cuts off her limbs, and she immediately grows them back. In yeah, fact, and- Doggy cuts her entire torso, arms, and legs off. Yep. And she, like, kind of puts them in different parts, the different parts of the uh, the place they're fighting in. And when Nezuko starts to regenerate her leg, Doggy's staring at her. She's like, you know, you're a terrible demon. You're weak. I could tell by looking at you that you haven't really devoured many humans. So it'll take you a long time to regenerate. Mm-hmm. And then she, and then as the dust clears, she notices that Nezuko is standing on one leg and the other leg like com- is coming back. And she says, wait a second. How the fuck is her leg back? And then she's like, wait, even worse than that. How was she standing? I cut yeah. her entire torso off. Like she should be, she should have nothing from the waist down. She comments that her regeneration seems to be on par with an upper demon. Yes. I don't even think she says seems. She said that is that is a uh, upper moon caliber. Yeah. So, so that that is I mean, we know it's true because it's funny. Nezuko does the exact same thing that Akaza did when Rengoku first cut him. He mm-hmm. puts puts the arm out, like kind of extends it a little bit and then just grows it. And it has that same quickness and that same like oomph to it. It has that oomph. Yeah. Uh, she grows it back, and that's when I think that's when Daki gets really scared. She says, "What is this aura? What is this cruelty?" Mm. And she's intimidated by. It. And then, you know, Nezuko comes at her with another kick, and she says, "That same, you know, that same kick. That's all you got, basically." And she she cuts her up again. And this time, this scene was confusing to me because I didn't know what was going on. I thought that Nezuko was doing oh, genjutsu. This, this scene is sick. <laughs> I thought Nezuko was doing genjutsu because the first time she got cut on top of the roof, it looked like there was like some uh, flickering of the body parts. They kind of like do this flicker effect. And so when they got cut again at the end, that same flicker thing happened, but then you see her and she's whole. 
And so for me, I was very, very, very confused on what I was watching. I was like, is Nezuko doing some kind of illusion shit? Because that's out of control. But apparently, the way it's supposed to be interpreted is that she's actually regrowing that fast that it's not even really visible to see the, the limbs regrow. Yeah, she fucking, like, she goes in for a kick, gets her leg cut off, and then her leg regrows in an instant and, like, I feel like with the force of the yes, regrow, yes, she, she stomps, stomps into Doki. Fucking, she stomps Doki through. Yes, like, and then looks down at her. Through. Yeah, it's bad. And then she looks down at her in this like disdain. She looks very, yeah. very just disgusted by Doki. Uh, an episode goes off. That episode was amazing. Honestly, yeah, what's scary though is she's broken, but. We know the sound Hashira is like about to be there. Yeah. And yes. Do- Here's the thing. Doki's not done, right? No, like no, she not like all. she's not even close to done. No. Which is scary. Cause because Tanjiro's kind of like out of commission. I'm he's, sure he'll yeah, get he's back done. up at some point. But not, not um, yeah, not in this fight. He's done for this fight. And yeah, Nezuko seems to be going off, and now like Anosuke and Zenutsu are showing up. And then we also, you know, have the sound Hashira. So some shit is going down. Yeah, I'm wondering because Nezuko is now the scariest demon in the area. And because of the way she bit that gag, I, like you said, I want to assume that she is probably not in her normal right state of mind, whatever that may mean for her. That's um, what it seems like. And with Tandro being out, there's no one to plead the case that, yo, she's cool. You know, like he already, obviously, yeah, yeah. the sound Hashira, he knows already that until she hurts a human, she's she's fine. She's protected. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she ever hurts a human or ever tries to, you know, consume a human in any way, they're allowed to kill her. But until she does that, she should be off limits. I don't know if he's going to hold true to that. I don't know if Nezuko is going to attack him. We have to see how that's going to play out. Yeah. But right now, Daki is screwed. And maybe what will happen is the Soundhasha will show up. Nezuko and the Soundhasha will get into it. And then Daki will escape or something. I can see that happening. I can see something like that happening. I can see maybe uh, in terms of Nezuko, maybe she goes to attack a human, but on one end, like her inner self finally fights it back. Or I could even see Zenitsu having a moment and Zenitsu bringing her back. Okay, which I would can be see that too, an moment asleep. for yeah. Zenitsu. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it could be, it should be interesting. But yeah, yeah, so far this this arc has been pretty cool. Like, I, I'd say my only complaint is, and this is just an overall Demon Slayer complaint, is that sometimes things just kind of happen a little too fast yeah. where like, from one minute you're here and the next minute you're four months later in the middle of action. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Yep. And, and I, honestly, I, I agree with that. And I, I've, I've grown to just be like, you know what? That's what this anime is. Um, it's not going to stop. That's, that's just how it's yeah. presenting itself. It moves very cl- fast. There's not much downtime, even when there's downtime. Like, for example, you said, you know, the first episode, the 40 minute episode was like pretty hype. And then there was some downtime. But even then, the downtime was like an episode, and then right after that, like I didn't expect them to find the demon. I didn't where we're at now. I didn't expect to happen so quickly. Me, you know what I mean? We're six episodes in. We're already at basically, like they're fighting the fucking upper moon demon right now. Like I did not think we'd be here already. Yeah, it 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 is. I mean, and and she's getting bodied. Like she is getting. She's in a bad spot. I feel like Nezuko is blatantly stronger. Uh, she's upper. She's upper level, and that. Something I wanted to say earlier, if Muzan did turn Nezuko, right, if he gave her his blood, and that's what made her this strong, why the fuck did he give her so much? Because the only way that she could be upper level is if he gave her upper level amounts. We know that to become upper level, you have to either devour that many humans, 
or he has to give you that much blood. That's the only way that can happen. Yeah. You can't, you can't just like, you're not born upper level. You know what I mean? Like that's not how that works. So Nezuko, we know has never consumed a human being. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. The more we're talking about it, I kind of think there's just a traitor. Uh, I think there's a, an, uh, I think one of the upper moons is just a traitor. I never because, that. because that we're talking about it. I'm thinking about it. I don't think Muzan is the one that slaughtered the family and gave her the blood because Muzan was because to me maybe maybe he didn't know at all but when he saw uh, Tanjiro for the first time in the city and he saw the Hanafuda earrings he was like shocked confused etc. Yeah, um, he was actually. And I f- so anyway, my point is I feel like what happened with Tanjiro almost feels intentional. The, the, the slaughtering of the family and the Nezuko being transformed and all this other... I feel like if it was Muzan, he would have known of Tanjiro, known of the Hanafuda earrings. You know, like, it, yeah. it would be an intentional attack. Also, he's an intelligent person. Obviously, he knows of sun breathing and the earrings mean something. So, I just think if it was him there and he found them or whatever, then he would have gotten Tanjiro as well. Right? He wouldn't have left him there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he accidentally showed up there. So, anyway, to what I'm trying to say is... I think maybe there is a traitor among his upper demons, and that demon knows Muzan's history or whatever, and he specifically went there knowing mm-hmm. who Tanjiro is, knowing about sun breathing. Like, maybe he orchestrated some of this. Just because I agree. Look, it doesn't make sense. What we're having now, to me, doesn't make sense that Muzan was the one that created Nezuko. Right. Because also the fact that Nezuko has isn't in control. Like, the, the thing with the other girl... I don't remember exactly what happened, but I feel like a process. She went through a process of breaking Muzan's control, whereas Nezuko just was never under Muzan's control. She was never. He was never able to track her. He can't control her. Nothing. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's weird. I think maybe. I yeah. I don't know. Just in this moment, the theory has. Yeah, I mean, formed, we we but- only have so much to go on. We're we're anime only. Um, we have a lot of theories, so I. I, I really don't know. It's so confusing. It, it's very confusing, but that's what makes this show good to me, is the mystery. Yeah. I like the mystery of it, and that's the reason why I think the show is good. I mean, Mark it here, folks. I'm thinking there's a traitor in Muzan's mist that can create demons, and I don't think Muzan's the one that created Nezuko. Interesting. And All right. we'll see what that, see so what that's that's our recap of the latest episode of Demon Slayer. We're not going to do an episode on every single episode of Demon Slayer, but while, I think we should just do while the next when it finishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless something crazy, crazy well, happens. Well, that's the thing. So if next episode is also insane, then we we probably just have to talk about it again. Honestly, if if like this Sunday episode, because I honestly I kind of assume this Sunday episode might be insane again, um, just because we haven't seen the Town Hashira actually fight. <laughs> Yeah, the sound hash route's going to start schmoving at some point. Yeah, so like I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, but it, it we're, we're gonna we're basically because Kenny's not always current, uh, but if some shit happens that starts trending, like this episode was trending, if that if I see all down my timelines everywhere and Twitter and stuff is like Demon Slayer, Demon Slayer, then like that's when we all cover it. Um, but yeah, that episode was nice. It was only episode six, so we we got some more. And I guess we could do a quick recap of Attack on Titan. Not much really happened. So this will take uh, yeah, just episode as, one. Yeah, this episode one of the final season this part two picked up right where it left off. Yeah, it did. What's interesting is that it's it really isn't a separate season because even on Hulu and Crunchyroll, 
it's not listed as final season part two. It's episode 17. Yep. Like it's, it's final season episode 17. So it just start like, there's not a fucking recap. Nope. Like it just, it's just the next episode. Literally the last episode before this one was, you know, him transforming into his Titan form. And then, uh, this one starts off with that. That's still happening. And I guess the big part is that Marley has invaded, uh, paradise Island and it's only been they came a, with a squad. and it's been less than a month since the attack on Marley. So no one expected them to be able to prepare such an incredible amount of soldiers and firepower in such a short time, literally less than a month. That's actually kind of wild when you think about it, like the military might. So they I like even, what Aaron said, Aaron, cause they told Aaron, like they were like, you know, Aaron retreat. And then he just goes forward and you hear in his head, he's like, only Reiner could have convinced them to do something so stupid. Yes. And then you see Reiner coming down and like Aaron and Reiner facing off. That shit was tight. Yeah. Uh, I also love when it comes to Aaron and Reiner, Reiner has never been able to beat Aaron one-on-one. He just can't. <laughs> and that's what, and I love that that's consistent in this episode as well. Reiner gets his ass beat. If this was a one-on-one fight, Reiner would have gotten killed very easily. Yes. There was a part where he straight like, punched his whole fucking yeah. jaw he dipped Reiner's like, attack and punched he like dipped an uppercut and punched down at Reiner yeah, with the yeah. fucking crystallized hands and took off half his face I was like okay so this is this is the same as it's always been and then Reiner did it like a tackle and then he's about to punch Aaron Aaron just kicked him off of him like easily yep. and then got back yep. up it's it's very clear that every time they're in Titan form Aaron wins against the armor Titan. What I'm really surprised about is that when you look at Reiner and Aaron in human form, you would never think that Aaron beats this guy's ass every single never. time they fight. Never. Reiner looks like he would beat the shit out of little ass Aaron. Like I, it's just so weird to me that when they're in Titan form, Aaron gets the best of him every single time. I mean, even in Titan form, Reiner's Titan looks, it does. You're looks right. better. It like, does look better. It looks like Iron Man. It looks way more intense. Like if, if okay, if someone who's never seen Attack on Titan saw those two things and said, "Who's stronger?" Do you think they would yeah. look at the armor one and be like that one? If they're that not trying sure. to be, they're not trying to be all weird about it. And be like, oh well, because you're asking, it must be that one. You know what I mean? Like if they yeah, just yeah, say yeah. based on looks, based on what it looks like, which one of these Titans do you think is like stronger? It would, it would definitely be the armor Titan. Uh, but, I think nine times out of ten. Yes, but for whatever reason, the attack titan just whoops ass, and so Reiner gets beat up, but then here comes Galliard as the jaw titan, and he and, tries to come up from behind. And even two-on-one, they ain't got the smoke. Yeah, they, like, they, two-on-one, two, they don't Two-on-one, on they would have also gotten killed. If it They're was, still losing. Yes. After he gets shot in the fucking head by a cannon, if, they still can't touch him. If it were 1v2, they would absolutely get wrecked. They would they would absolutely get wrecked. Uh, we finally see Aaron using the Warhammer Titan. I think that's really cool the way he uses it. And he's Aaron is smart. And I love the way he used it because Galliar went right for the nape. Mm-hmm. And he started growing fucking spikes from mm-hmm. the back to the nape. Like immediately. I just think that, that is so clever. And then obviously Galliar, we already know. Whatever he's made out of is strong enough to break through that crystal shit. So he yep. breaks the spikes that Aaron creates to protect himself, and he kicks Aaron in the back, and then Reiner's right there to grab Aaron by the face, and he's like, you know, you by yourself, you're not that much of a threat, which is Cap. And, <laughs> and you know, the people who are watching it, the black, the one black guy in the show, and then uh, Yelena, they're watching it, and they're terrified because... They're, Yo, they didn't have to give the one black guy the hardest name ever. His name is 
not it's like on bunt new coon or something like it is nonsense jesus we slow we're, yeah that shit is bad i, I can't say his name i like, won't even try to say it maybe from now on i'll just call him oh uh yeah because it is really hard to say for me sorry it, it's hard to say i don't think it, it's hard to say for anyone yeah. like it's not a word i think an english-speaking person can say naturally. yeah it's it's like i don't even try at this point it's i'm gonna just call him oh but yeah, O and Yelena are terrified. And so O decides to just run. He just he just runs away and he runs to the prisoners that they have, which happens to be Armin and Mikasa, Connie and all, you know, the, the typical team. Yep. The, the survey court people that we all know from this entire show. He runs to them. He pleads his case about how, look, Aaron is fighting right now. Um, Marley's here. There's a lot of shit going on. They've invaded. Uh, Aaron needs your help. And they're like, why the fuck should we? Connie gets really mad, and I don't, I don't blame him. He says, I've been betrayed by Reiner, Bertholdt, Aaron, uh, literally everybody. He he names four people. He's like every single person that I guys like the guy. You, yes, you guys. Yes, like- he's like every single person that I've ever trusted and followed behind has betrayed me. So why the fuck should I listen to you now? I'm literally in prison right now. Like, yep. I'm literally a prisoner right now. You're talking about you need my help. Like, get the fuck out of here. So that was a very real and human emotion to have. Like, I'm done with this shit. Like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I don't know who's who. I don't know what's what. But then Armin, you know, the voice of reason, he comes in. He's like, listen, I do think Aaron is actually still on our side. I don't believe that Aaron is this horrible person. And then he asked me, Casa, like, do you want to help Aaron? And she's like, I do. But I can't help but to think about what he said to me, which was that these aren't even my own this isn't my own will that I want to protect him, that I want to help him. This is actually the Ackerman blood flowing through my body that is forcing me to do it. And, you know, Armin says, I think that he was lying about that, but I, Armin is just making shit up as he goes. I feel like, <laughs> because he said, I think Aaron just made that up on the spot. I'm like, Armin, you made that up on the spot. <laughs> Aaron is telling the truth. I, I, you know, that the Ackerman shit is real. Um, so that, you know, that whole thing is pretty interesting, but the, I guess speaking of Ackermans, we kind of glossed over the the opening of the episode. Is yeah, the episode opens with Levi just looking cooked. Levi is cooked, and this is the worst we've seen him. We've seen Levi injured before a couple times. Um, he broke his foot to save because Mikasa made an error against the female Titan. We saw him break his foot, and you know we we've seen him a little injured, but we've never seen him like he looked dead. So when the episode opened, and they showed uh, literally fingers, they were just bloody fingers. Detached from a human body, right? Like, just fingers. And I was staring at that like, uh, okay, I hope that's not whose I think it is. But when they showed him, he looks so much worse than I expected. He literally has a gigantic gash from the top of his head to the bottom of his head. Like a gash going through an eye, through his face. It's it's huge. It's thick. And his skin is like gray. His skin is gray, so he's been bleeding, and also he's splintered. There's wood literally impaled all over his body. His face has literally three pieces of wood impaled into it. It's he looks terrible. Um, there's yeah, no, I don't know how. I don't know how they're gonna I know make how. the argument of him not being dead. You know? Oh well. Okay, you're saying that. Okay, I was gonna say I know how they're gonna resurrect him. I just don't yeah. know. I don't know anything about how he's still alive. He's he's dead. Yes. Like I saw I was like, he's fucking dead. And when, when Hanji came up and said that he was dead, for half a second I was like, holy shit. And then Me too. 
yeah, I was like, he's really fucking dead. But then as Whatever. the scene went on, yeah, you I was realize like, what oh, it was. Wait. It's a ruse. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's dead. And then especially when she escaped with his body, like, yeah, she, like he's so. The first thing is not that, dead, uh, but how? <laughs> yeah, he the way they drew him, he looks like he should be dead by all all rights. There's no reason for him to still be alive. Um, I think that if they wanted him to be alive, they shouldn't have shown him in that condition. I think that was a bit overboard. He looks like a dead body. There's no life in his eyes. His skin is a different color. Uh, the gash in his face, the the splinters all over his body. He looks really bad. The missing fingers, everything. I'm sure there's shit in the manga that they didn't even show in this episode because it's probably too gory, but I imagine that his body is in, in a terrible condition. Uh, not a fighting condition for the rest of the season, at least. And the only thing I can think of is that he's going to become a Titan and that he'll eat somebody and he'll be go become a human again and all that stuff. That's the yeah. only way that he could be saved. In my opinion is if he gets injected with the that's, serum. That's the only way he does anything for the rest of the arc. Yes. Because otherwise, if they don't turn him to a Titan, then he's got to be out of commission for the rest of the arc. Yes. And then and when the series is done and there's a five year fl- flash forward, we'll see him, you know, in a wheelchair. wheelchair. Yep. See, look at us. <laughs> look at us. Who knew? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he'll get the guy sensei treatment. It's it's given guy, right? Guy yeah. at the end of Naruto was considered one of the strongest shinobi, uh, opening all eight gates. But then you see what it cost him. He pretty much ends up in a wheelchair in Boruto. So Levi may end up that way, or they'll turn him into a titan, and then he'll eat someone who has an actual one of the nine. He'll become human again, and then we'll see the scariest shit we have ever seen in the entire series, which is a person who is deadly as a human. And deadly as a Titan. Now, Annie, she was somewhat of both, but not nearly as deadly as Levi. I don't think that anybody would question Annie versus Levi in human form. It's not even clear. I mean, she couldn't beat him in Titan form. So I wonder what would happen. Because Annie is the female Titan. I wonder if a male male or Levi. So I was thinking, I was like, I want who... Like, who would Levi eat? Like, who would they set up for Levi to eat? And then I was like... I was like, they do have Annie. She's in the crystal, but they have the jaw titan now. Yep. Yeah, she's in the crystal, and like they haven't done anything with her since season one. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be some wrap up to Annie. There has to be. There has to be. Even if it's even if it's Levi eating her, which I wouldn't be mad about, but him being the female titan would be weird. But I have wondered, and I've actually asked this question last season when they showed Armin, and he's he's fond of her now because he has Birdhalt's memories. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's been fond of Annie, and they said that he spends a lot of his time in that room with her talking and shit. So yep. I started thinking then, like, wait, the female Titan, there's not many females, and I don't see Mikasa becoming a Titan anytime soon. So who the fuck would end up inheriting that Titan? Because they have to pass it on. It's going to die. She's yeah. been a Titan for, she's been a Titan as long as Reiner. So they don't have, yeah. her and Reiner don't have very long. But that's, I don't, I, we talked about this when we did our first Attack on Titan episode. I mentioned that when they showed her, she didn't age. And I wonder if, I wonder if she's like, not aging. I wonder if like the the seventeen years or what I forget how what the time 13. period. Is. I wonder if she's currently not undergoing that. Like I wonder because she's in case she has not aged. She's not old. She's not like an adult now. That is a bit unfair. Um, if that's the case, I don't. I'm I'm gonna say that that's not the case. Uh, but that would be very interesting if she literally is like frozen in time because she's in that crystal. That would be so broken. Yeah, I'm. I'm only thinking just because she still looks like you know, however old she was, seventeen. And I mean, that makes sense though that she looks the same and everything because she has no bodily functions right now. She's not peeing or any eating or you know what I mean. Like she's not. 
I assume, assumed her heart isn't beating either because or maybe at a very 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 like spider like spiders can do this thing where they pretty much seem dead they don't even really have a pulse so I don't know if she's yeah. doing some shit like that but from what we understand none of the natural things that humans have to do are she's not undergoing any of them while she's been and it's been years it's been four years yep so she doesn't need water because no one has been able to get to her she doesn't need water she doesn't need food yeah, she's just been in this crystal like- and any human that doesn't have water or food for four years would obviously just perish like she she'd melt away but she doesn't look like she's remotely melting away or anything yeah, she looks like the day it happened yep. so it's interesting so you that's, might, that's you why might I be, wonder you might be right but yeah because one of my questions that I posed was when you get a new Titan, you know Aaron has three of them. When you get a new one, does that restart your clock? Does that add to it? Does it, is it cumulative? Do you go, oh, I get thirteen years on the first Titan. I eat another person that's a Titan. I be I get twenty six. Yeah, yeah. I get thirty nine. I get fifty two. Like the how like how does it work? When you can, he has three Titans in him, but I'm assuming it's thirteen from your first one only because I don't think the show has enough time with fifteen episodes left or however many there are. To yeah, like yeah. go and maybe it doesn't have enough time to go into like all of that plot where Eren gets to live for 30 years or some shit because he has three I titans. Agree. I agree. I think it's like uh 13 from your first one. Yeah. Excuse me. But like these are these are these are mysteries that like these are questions that could be answered. You know what I mean? Like has yeah. any actually aged? Is her clock for the Titan thing still ticking? Or does it actually stop when she crystallizes? If so, that makes the female Titan incredibly powerful. For that reason alone, it can like prolong. It can choose to kind of. I don't know. I don't, then again, I don't know. Is Annie actually even? Is she even consciously in there? Yeah, that's. It's interesting because I don't. Because on one end, yes, she's. Let's say my theory was correct. She's on one end. It's prolonging how long she's alive, but she's not actually prolonging her life because she's not living right now. You no. know what I mean? Like, and, and she. If she were to uncrystallize, she still only gets a total of 13 years. Right. And the other thing is, the only thing that can get her out of that, presumably right now, is the jaw tight. And the way he does that is not... It's by, it's by killing her. Yeah, it's a little fucked up. Like, I don't think there's a way to, like, calmly get her out of that. So she put herself in it. I wonder if she can take herself out, because if she can't, it's going to be jaw tight in city. And we saw how that goes already. We actually saw Willie Tiber his sister you know what happened so um the other thing is that zeke made some really interesting comments he got reborn his body got blown away he took a thunder spear point blank oh yeah yeah the zeke thing was cool yes i like that a lot we've also seen an imagery before with the stars and like the northern lights and all that we've seen that imagery and he said that there was a girl a strange girl in a strange place rebuilding his body with soil and it seemed like it took years and it seemed like it took, it was an instant. So there's like this weird time dimension where time is either slow or like instantaneous. Uh, but he was reborn and he comes out all naked and they show his ass for a long ass time, way longer than necessary just to drive it home. They do show his ass. I thought I was watching HBO. Yeah. It was a like, very long was... time. <laughs> just everyone, had everyone, ass sta- everyone staring at him and Aaron disbelief. And, uh, they say, what happened? He says, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But then he says something about, well, are those the paths? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's because Attack on Titan has flirted with, you know, this weird time travel thing, this memories thing, memories time traveling or whatever. Yeah. Maybe that's the paths. Ah, yeah. 
Look, it's just like Demon Slayer. We got questions. Radio Shack. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on yet. I don't think we're meant to. We don't have enough information to really piece together the real like mysteries of this show yet. Uh, but I expect to be blown away eventually. And yeah, so he he says, you know, Aaron, isn't this what we're supposed to do? Like move forward. And so he starts to literally walk forward and they ask him a question about what happened to the 30 people that you turned into Titans. And he's like, they're all disposed of. So there's no one in our way. But then uh, peak mentions that there are 300 people who drank the spinal fluid, which I think will be used later on. I do think that those 300 possible Titans, including Falco uh, are going to be used. And I think that's going to be a traumatic scene for Gabby, maybe. Or just like a traumatic moment, but 300 people becoming a Titans at once is going to be crazy. 300 Titans is old. That's an incredible number of Titans. Yeah, there's there's still a lot to happen this season. There's yeah. 300 is it, so many. Jesus. There's going to be there's 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 some things that happen. There's they're setting up. It's interesting. I do like that. Uh, I think I would have liked it either way, but to say it, I like that it's just episode 17. Like yep. this. Like it just it's right where it was. Yep. And we're just going forward. And here we are. The uh, one thing I didn't like about this episode, uh, I, I do want to get this off before we before we close out. I did not like how the Survey Corps or whoever the people of Paradise Island were just getting bodied by the Marley people. I didn't like that. They just oh, were dude. get they were getting they were gunned getting down. Shot. Yeah. They I were getting shot up. I didn't mind the aerial assault, but the people who were literally just on rooftop shooting at them just seemed ridiculous to me because the way they got on rooftop was by coming from the sky first. Yeah. And they saw it like they saw them coming in. So I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck did you not like, this is, this is your home turf. You know what I mean? Like this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't a sneak attack the way Aaron did it. The way Aaron did his sneak attack was wild. Aaron literally and like became a person with an, like an amputee. He became an amputee. He yep. wasn't. He was an imposter. He was. He was. He was. He infiltrated them for yes. months. Yes, he was there for a long time. Whereas Marley went the brute force route and came in through the front door. Yep. I mean, they literally flew in. I mean, and they had an army. Like they have an army. Yeah, but they do. It's crazy. But it was blatant that they were there. So the people who got killed in their in their gear, that three D maneuver gear, I just thought was a bit ridiculous. Like they were getting bodied. And I don't know. Yeah. That, that just seemed a little. They were just getting shot the fuck up. And then yeah. when they go, when the ones that survived, they go on the other side of the roof. When the fucking airship came down, and that part I get though. Yeah, yeah. Because the the you know the height advantage. I have the I have the high ground. Oh my god! It was it was fucked up. Marley's coming in dangerous. I'm super interested. There's a there's a lot of things they got to answer. The overall mystery of the Titans in general and all that crap, but also. The plan, Aaron's plan, the Zeke's whole plan, plan, yeah. Uh, the, you know, the vision, the paths, the fucking time. Like, there's a lot they got to answer still, and I, I'm excited to see. I, I don't think they're gonna, I don't think they're gonna flounder. I feel like, I could be wrong, but I, I it seems to me that the guy who wrote Attack on Titan or girl, I actually don't know if it's a guy or girl, but the yeah. person who wrote Attack on Titan, um, it seems like they had a plan, like they knew where they were going for a while. Um, it doesn't seem like they just made this shit up as they went. Like, I think that the ending, this finale, they, um, 
they've had this in their head for years now. Like, I think they know where they're going. So I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Also, Similar to, Attack on Titan took the longest break. Attack yeah, on Titan did. took a a break that was literally years. I remember 2013 to like, I don't know, 20, I don't know when it came back, 2018 or something like that. It took a really long break. And I feel like another give, to give them time. Another benefit Attack on Titan has is in terms of time and breaks is whereas you look at things like Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, Dragon Ball, Yu Show, Demon Slayer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're weekly, they are weekly manga. They are, they come out every single week in the magazine. Attack on Titan was a monthly manga when it was being produced. So it being a monthly manga, one chapter a month means that the writer had a lot more time to sit with the ideas. So there's less chances for like, I wrote this the night before to happen. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but yeah, it reminds me of like uh, a recent interview of Oda kind of came out where he said that um, he's really excited for Wano. Uh, and he specifically says, I've been so excited. I've had the ending scene, like the final scene of Wano in my head for such a long time now. Like, I can't wait to finally draw it. And it's like, God damn it, Oda. I'm already hype. Yeah. You don't got to hype me up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, chill out. Oda's great. All right. Well, I think that we can wrap up with that. Uh, this is episode 45 of the I'm There podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Also, before we go, I just want to give a shout out to our patrons over at Patreon. Got them um, out. Yes, sir. So we have Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garrett, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Silver Chronic, Tyree Tinsley, Dimitri Barnes, Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello, Dominique Roberts, Game Freak Yoshi, Alex Flamer, Michael, Gay Marini, Andre Reynolds, CJ, Dub K Dad One, Saul. Saul, I don't know how to say your last name, so I'm gonna be honest. And I fucking feel like I butcher this every single time. But Saul, who's at Dabbers Gaming Cafe, uh, Mitchell Nels, and Dan Vrabel. So you guys are all of our patrons. I believe, yeah, Dan, you are the newest one. So thank you so much for joining. Uh, we really appreciate it. It goes a long way. And I hope you enjoy some of our exclusive content. On our Patreon, we have video versions of every episode, as well as episodes that only come out on our Patreon. Like an episode mm-hmm. that Once we did. Yes, we're going to do one for January. We just, need, we just need the Discord to tell us what they want us to talk about. But uh, we, also, speaking of the Discord, if you are on the Patreon and you aren't in the Discord yet, Send us a message on Patreon or whatever. Let us know. That way we can make sure we get you into the Discord. Yes, please. Because I know not everyone is on is in the Discord that is a patron. So if you do want to join the Discord, because there's a lot of people in it now. But if you do want to join the, the Discord, just let us know. And I will give you an invite immediately. One, Kenny or I, one of us will send you one. It takes almost no time to do it. Um, and I've been pretty good at getting those out almost immediately after people subscribe, but in case we miss one, uh, and I will be on vacation in California. So there will not be an episode coming out next Monday. Um, but I will talk about the trip when we do our, so there'll be an episode next Thursday and I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll do, I'll do like a little recap of my trip and we will probably be talking about, was it odd tax or something when I forget what we said. Hey, maybe odd taxi or you know, we'll see what happens. Also, yeah, we have a bunch of stuff that got your trip happening and yeah, know, whatever, whatever happens. Yeah, we'll we'll figure something out for next week. But I am excited. We're definitely, if not the next episode, I am really excited. We are one million percent doing an odd taxi episode because I actually really do want to talk about odd taxi. I do too. So that honestly, I want to say that that's the next one because unless something crazy happens to push it out the way, odd taxi should be next because I really did like that show. I watched it in like a day and a half, and I, I have a lot to say about it as well. So this is your warning if you're still listening. It's 13 episodes. You've got plenty of time. Go watch Odd Taxi. Trust me, 
just watch it all the way through so that you can be here for the podcast episode. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, as I always say, guys, do the things that make you happy. That's right. Do them because Fraser said so or something. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Peace. See ya.